Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mornings are hard. Your sports radio show doesn't have to be. I'm so happy you guys are still alive. I am excited. I am so happy. Laugh and learn every morning aboard the mothership. A good day with DA. Hey, Doc. I do love the Doc. Happy being alive day. Mornings on CBS Sports Radio. Yeah. 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 Happy being alive day, everybody. Good Wednesday to you. Thanks so much for being with us. DA here on CBS Sports Radio. Coming your way in 20 minutes. We are stunned to a noose in 40 minutes. Stetson Bennett just was Van Wilder for a decade at Georgia. Last night, game one goes to the Denver Nuggets. They built up a 21-point lead. It got shaved all the way down to three, but they were able to hold on to win. Jokic was once again his dominant self, a 30-point triple-double. And he's now seven wins away. He's seven wins away from etching his name on a a list of all-timers. Now, that's a big seven wins. Long way to go. But if Jokic has triple-doubles and 30-point triple-doubles throughout an entire postseason with a Nuggets team that's a number one seed and wins an NBA championship and is a two-time MVP and could have won one this year, how ironic would it be if this is the year he doesn't win an MVP, but it's the year that he wins an NBA Finals MVP in a championship, we start talking about Jokic in a very different way, that we are watching one of the all-time greats. And he's amazing to watch because everything is so hyper-efficient. His scoring is efficient. His shooting is efficient. His passing is next level. He rebounds. He just 
he's this incredible point center where he's got skills around the basket. He's got height and length. He can shoot. He can pass. He can do anything that he wants to do. It's just kind of amazing, and nothing really looks all that smooth or fluid, but he's just, he's just, really, he is the unicorn because who else has ever played like him? Okay, people can put up those stats, but who's ever looked like him, played like him aesthetically, and done it? So the Nuggets get a game one victory last night. The other big news last night, and I would argue it's actually bigger news than game one, there's at least three more games in this series. Game one doesn't define a series. There could be six more games in this series, but there was only one draft lottery winner for Victor Wembenyama ever. And last night it went to the Spurs. If you are a Pistons fan, it's got to smart because they had the worst record of the NBA this year and end up with the fifth overall pick. We were just debating tanking in the NBA, and the reason that the NBA has developed these rules is to help discourage teams from purposefully trying to lose for generational prospects of the number one pick. And so this year, the Spurs were one of the worst teams in the NBA and had one of the three best odds at winning last night and did. They were tied with the odds, with the Pistons and the Rockets. They end up with the number one pick. Out of all of the teams, and I I don't mean to offend San Antonio here, one of my best friends of the world is a San Antonio native. He is a local television legend there, Hector Ledesma, one of my best friends from college. I drove from Syracuse to San Antonio after graduation. We did a nationwide road trip going to ballparks on our way. I got to spend time in San Antonio, restaurants, bars. His family is like my family. I love them to death. He is a big-time Spurs fan. Their family, over-the-top Spurs fans, so I mean no offense to anybody in San Antonio when I te- when I say what I'm going to say. I love the city. I love Spurs fans. I don't think the NBA was happy they won the Victor Wembenyama sweepstakes. And here's why. This might be a spot where Victor actually has the best chance at being a Hall of Famer. Because... Stable organization, elite coach. They've done a lot with international prospects before. They know they don't have this coach going out, this coach coming in, different GMs selling the franchise. They don't have all of those moving parts. They have a history of winning recently. They have built around centerpieces like David Robinson, like Tim Duncan. They clearly have an international pipeline of scouting, of intelligence, of coaching. So Victor Wembenyama, for him, it's probably the best possible destination for success. But I don't think the NBA loved this last night, and here's why. With somebody as great as Victor, and he might not be great, I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but with somebody that has the potential to be so great, so generational, what you are hoping for is one of two things if you're the league. A, big market to activate that big market. B, 
a franchise with a fan base that has been kind of forgotten, tortured, beaten down, and needs to be activated and energized. And neither one of those qualify for the Spurs. It is one of the NBA's smallest markets, and they just had a run, if you date back to David Robinson, when they really started to be a contender. Now, they didn't win until 1999, but they were a playoff team, a very good team in the 90s with David Robinson, Sean Elliott, the rest of those guys. They were very good through the 90s. They've had about a 30-year run of being a playoff-slash-championship-caliber team. That's not a fan base that's gone through a lot of tough times. They've gone through four bad years. So it's not like you've lost that city, you've lost that fan base, you're trying to re-energize them. You know, you kind of already have them, and they've already done a lot of winning, and there might still be even leftover Spurs fatigue. I think if you were to get Adam Silver at his most honest, I think he wanted him in Houston. I think he wanted him in Houston because Houston's a massive market. It's a huge, sprawling market that consistently grows with population that has been close but hasn't won a championship in 30 years. Had Yao Ming and Yao activated a huge Asian fan base and made the Rockets an international flavor, so there's there's fans all over the globe that root for the Rockets because of Yao Ming, and a fan base that really, the Rockets are fine, but it's about football. And so if you can find a way to make one of the biggest cities in America, a basketball town, again, that's a big win. I I don't know how they felt about Charlotte. They're going through an ownership change there. The Hornets have never, ever gotten back to where they were in the early 90s with Alonzo and with LJ and Muggsy Bogues. There's never been that fervor like there was for the early days of the Hornets. So maybe Wembenyama could have gone there and it was going to be, he was going to be lost. Lost in the the Hornets' dysfunction. The Pistons would have been super interesting. They've got Cade Cunningham. They have a good young nucleus. It's a really big American market that has had NBA success before, but they haven't won a championship in almost 20 years. And it's certainly a fan base that has watched a lot of bad basketball for a while. You could have activated them. And Portland would have been really interesting as well because we know the Blazers fans are rabid. It's the only professional sports franchise outside of the MLS Timbers in Portland. When the Blazers are good, that place is amazing. They've struck really bad luck over the years with draft picks like Greg Oden that were injury-prone. And they haven't won a championship since the 70s. It's a small market. So I'm not sure how the NBA views it, but that would have been super interesting. But the thing is, the Spurs combined small market and they were just winners like 10 minutes ago. So it's it's a little bit of a 
it's a bit of a cruel irony because the best place for Victor to have success is San Antonio. But I definitely believe, Mraz, that for a guy that could be a LeBron type, a Hakeem type, a Ewing type, a number one pick that really changes the trajectory of your franchise, a David Robinson, a Tim Duncan. I'm not saying he has to be LeBron like the second greatest player ever, the first. I'm just saying a number one pick that changes your franchise for 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Had he gone to a place that wasn't San Antonio, I think he could have drawn more NBA fans that weren't Spurs fans into the mix. Uh, For sure. I mean, right off the bat, Houston and Detroit are full-blown big hub cities with the NBA there. San Antonio's kind of small town, whatever. But I think for him, maybe there's less of a chance he doesn't live up to expectations playing in an organization that has been so good at grooming European-born players. And he had mentioned last night the France connection with Tony Parker. And he kind of can hide from the pressure, so to speak. And maybe that allows us as NBA fans to see what really is the greatest of him. That's fair. They definitely control the messaging there. There's not a a cutthroat media and the tough questions that might come. They have protected guys like Kawhi and protected guys like Tim Duncan against those lines of questioning forever. Pop stonewalls whoever he wants to stonewall. He controls everything. So you're right. He could have a nice layer of protection around him. And patience for winning. I mean, we all know the Western Conference is really difficult not to sound like Shep. And you know that. You know the Western Conference is difficult. But, I mean, as it stands right now, we don't know what else that roster is going to look like. Does anybody expect the Spurs in year one of Wembenyama to make the postseason next year? If he was in Houston or Detroit or a city with a ton more fans and a ton more, you know, eyes on it, you know, you might have bigger expectations right off the bat in year one for even team success. I think there's a thing with the Spurs as well where a lot of NBA fans kind of resented their success. They were always so good, but they were never a team that drew a lot of audience. You know, the Warriors have become this enormous brand. And people just want to watch the Warriors. They say how fun it is to watch the Warriors. The Spurs were hurt by their first four titles, not playing a great, interesting brand of basketball. A boring brand of basketball. And that Duncan was boring. And so that that gave a stigma to the Spurs. And people, like, didn't want to see the Spurs in the finals anymore. Yeah, I mean, you got tired of them, but you got tired of them because you were bored with them. There was no juice and no excitement to any Spurs finals. You respected them. You didn't hate them. Well, the ones against LeBron were really good. Yes, okay, they were good. Well, the one that they lost in seven was really good. The Ray the Allen year, shot one was, yeah. That was a great series. That was right. a seven-game series. The next year was boring because LeBron was the only good player on the Heat that year, and they think the Spurs won in five. Uh, yeah, and remember, Kawhi made the Spurs more exciting than they had been in the previous totally. Duncan era, too. So that was a part of it. But they, they were never hateable. They were just Boring. It was just a boring, good team that you respected, but you weren't you weren't juiced up on a on a February night to turn them on on ABC primetime if that was the situation. So I wonder if that'll carry over to the Victor era where people are like, eh, it's the Spurs. I don't need to watch the Spurs. Well, how boring will he be post game stuff like that? Because Tim Duncan was boring at its core too. But he'll have a different flair playing-wise than Duncan did. Duncan was the big fundamental. Right. So it's hard for the casual fan to get really into footwork. Right. Really he, into he, little post right. moves. He could and shoot. Right, exactly. Little bunny hooks. But Wembeyama's going to run the floor. He's going he's gonna to be that. He looks... I bet you his game is 
very Kevin Durant-esque. That's true. Yeah. Lengthy, could shoot from the outside. I guess my question would come now, how much longer does Pop stick around with him? And was Pop the glue that kept... Because remember, Kawhi wasn't the Duncan. He wanted out at some point, too. In a city like San Antonio, once he matures, once he grooms, will we run into a problem where he eventually wants out? Or is that... And obviously, it's impossible to know, but it was very easy to keep Duncan forever. I know, but I feel like these international guys, they don't need to move around. Giannis. Giannis, Jokic. I mean, I just don't think that there's that, that... celebrity pull that American guys have got to go to this city, got to go to this media market, got to go to this, got to go to Hollywood or South beach or New York city. I think Wimbayama just feels like a guy that if he's winning, fine. It's probably because they didn't grow up eating all the trans fats in their fast foods. <laughs> watching our garbage television, <laughs> watching our garbage <laughs> movies and eating chips like this. We've got, Lay's Wavy Cuban Sandwich and Way and Lay's BLT Sandwich Taste Test coming up next hour. Which of the two are you more excited for? So I guess by default, I'm more excited for the BLT because I like BLTs and I don't love Cuban sandwiches. Mm. But I am very alarmed by the packaging on the BLT. DA, I ask a very important question that's mm. associated with all BLTs. <laughs> Where's the mayo? Because you don't like mayo. No, I love mayo, oh. but you can't eat a BLT without mayo, and I'm not oh, seeing see. <laughs> mayo on the BLT there. On the sandwich itself. Yeah. You ever try having a BLT without mayo? Your throat goes, <laughs> like that. Is that what that chip's going to taste like? Pete, which of the two are you more excited for? I'd say the BLT. Uh, I, I have a little more confidence in the taste of it. I really don't need <laughs> mayo as much as Sean does. So uh, I will say the BLT. But the Cuban uh, chip, I think, might be a little bit of a dark horse uh you know, they come out of nowhere. I feel exactly as you do that I've, I've got a little bit more confidence in the BLT flavor, but I like Cuban sandwiches a lot. I'm skeptical that they can capture that in a potato chip, but I really do like Cuban sandwiches. Ice big pickle. Yeah. Yeah, so this is going to be interesting. We'll do the taste test coming up next hour here on the show. I guess there's other crazy flavors this spring and summer, too, regionally. These are the ones that you found in in your Super Bowl. Oh, is that right? These are a a New York flavor? I just think that different regions, I'm not sure if it's New York specific, but different regions are getting different crazy Lay's flavors. Oh, wow. I want them all. Where'd you find these? Uh, Stop and Shop. It's a local supermarket here in the Northeast. I was in there on Sunday morning. Big two for seven deal. And I said, well, these look like the DA show. Anthony tweets in, DA, I work at Frito-Lay. I'm at work listening right now. You guys should also try the Crawford-flavored Lays and the tangy tangy pickle, mustard, and ketchup-flavored Doritos as well. That sounds like the worst chip ever conformed. I don't know what Crawford flavor is. I'm interested in that. Tangy pickle. I like pickle. I am a pickle eater. I'm not a pickle eater. But mustard... And ketchup, individually flavored Doritos, sound pretty horrendous. It's not for Doritos. I don't want a ketchup-flavored regular chip, but a Dorito should not have mustard or ketchup-flavored. Yeah. So that's coming. Big show this morning. (laughs) We didn't have Canadian bacon, so let's eat chips. Lots of sports. (laughs) When we come back on the show, we're going to be stunned to news 
but also I want to dip my toe into the Gelb Schwartz battle royale yesterday because this one was a real hoot, nanny. DA, CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Laughter is the only medicine. (laughs) The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right, glad you're with us on this Wednesday morning. Check us out on your apps on your phone. Yeah, you can stream us for free. Use the free Odyssey app. If you use the free Odyssey app, you can not only stream CBS Sports Radio for free, but any Odyssey Sports Radio station across America. Plus, all of our podcasts are inside that app as well. So the best of the show, the full four hours. New York accent also available inside the free Odyssey app. This week's guest is Tommy John who obviously had the surgery that changed sports and certainly changed baseball. Got to speak to him about the historical pioneering medical marvel that was Tommy John. Did you realize that? I didn't realize this. Tommy John pitched for 11 seasons between 63 and 73. Then he was injured. So at that point, I said, okay, you had to have ligament replacement surgery, basically, in your elbow. It had never been done at a baseball player in 1974. Did you think about retiring? You already had a 10-year baseball career, and nobody had ever come back from this. He said, no. Now, this is just um, this is just a tough-ass old codger. He's about 80 years old now. He goes, if I would have had to throw the ball underhanded, I would have. They weren't going to take me off wow. of the, the mound. So I said, that's amazing. So he gets the surgery done in 74. He sits out all 75. Comes back at 76. He pitches... After Tommy John surgery, after 11 years in baseball already, until 1989, he pitched at 46 years old with a restructured elbow with a different tendon. I mean, it's just, he he truly was a medical marvel. So, I mean, talk about a tough ass. This guy had the first Tommy John surgery ever, obviously, and pitched... 13 years after it at the age of 33. 
That's insane. Insane. It always surprises me that Tommy John could have a surgery named Tommy John surgery. Kind of perfect, isn't it? Yeah. It's not funny. Some defense of Petey here about the whole tanking thing we were talking about. Just some guy says there's at least 1,000 people that are actually with Pete, too. These players are paid to win. The rules are made so the actual worst team gets the best chance. Losing on purpose is cheating. It's worse than what Pete Rose did. And he's not just some guy to me. Great That's job. That's a hot take. <laughs> worse than Pete Rose. I mean, let's relax a little bit. Sam Hinkie thrown out of the league. Troll him out. Your job as an organization is to reward your fans with a championship. If that means thanking, you do that. Right. And again, as Sean said, they don't lose the game on purpose. They don't have the best roster. The organization is trying to put out a roster that would lose. Right. But when the game starts, they try to win. And as Pete said, there are no guarantees. The Spurs won 22 times despite their best efforts this year. This is totally ridiculous. All of it is ridiculous. Don't have a stupid lottery that's weighted then. You know what? Put all the teams that didn't make the playoffs in the lottery. They all have an equal chance. You get rid of tanking right away. Not a bad point. It's All right. not funny. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Stupid. It's the whole thing. The whole concept is stupid of tanking. It just, uh, all right, we're going to put out the worst team so we can try to win, but we're not really winning. We're going to, we want to lose. I mean, come on. So yesterday, Schwartz tweeted, mm. I, I even hesitate to talk about this, but it's coming up in soundcheck next hour, so I need to preface what we're going to be talking about because this became kind of a big deal internally yesterday, okay? A big deal in sports. It made our topic list last night. (laughs) So ESPN put out a clip yesterday on Twitter, okay? I'm on Twitter or Facebook right now. Of... Adrian Wojnarowski, who is the single most notable basketball reporter on earth. And his quote was that Victor Wembenyama is the, quote, most highly anticipated player to ever enter the NBA. Maybe the greatest prospect in the history of team sports. Now that's overboard. That's overboard because... While certainly Wembenyama has been on NBA scouts' radars for two to three years, the last year, two years, drumbeat of who's going to get him has, for basketball circles, for bad team circles, has been there. He does not have the same cachet in this country that LeBron did coming into the mm-hmm. league. So that I think that Woj was off there. However... Certainly, if you're a basketball fan, and certainly if you are just kind of like casually aware of the lottery and what was happening this year, the Wembenyama storyline was a huge one. It was impossible to ignore. Generational talent, teams potentially tanking, as we were just talking about, to try to get them. Schwartz retweets this tweet from ESPN, the quote from Wojnarowski, and says, I had to look up who this guy is. Never heard of him until just now. The Victor guy. I mean, not Woj. Thanks, Schwartz. We want a clarification. That <laughs> it wasn't Adrian Wojnarowski never, never heard of. <laughs> Which was also on the table. Now, I want you as an audience to, what do they say, when, recuse yourself. 
I want you to recuse yourself of whether you know who Victor Wembinyama is or not. There is a distinct possibility you had never heard of him until yesterday either. Because if you're a fan of a team that wasn't in the lottery or you pay attention to college basketball here in the States, it's possible you hadn't heard of Victor Wembinyama. But it's not your job. It's not your job to know these things, to be tapped in, to talk intelligently about these things. And it is Schwartz's job <laughs> to do an update that, you know, would would today certainly be one of the top two stories. Game one of the Western Conference Finals and who won the lottery. That would absolutely be your lead or you were terribly off on your job. Do Now, Gelb got on him on Twitter, as did I, but I want to canvas the panel here. Do we appreciate that Schwartz was honest about this? Or it's okay if he didn't know it, just don't say it. Bingo. He should know it, but it's okay to not know it. The idea that you tweet it in almost like a bragging fashion, like a knock on Woj that I've never even heard of him, it's just read the room. And it's Schwartz is very guilty of this often. He needs to chime in on anything and everything, and it comes back to haunt them here. Sometimes you could sit a play out. <laughs> sit a play out. What's up, Kettle? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll maybe a lesson that Perez has learned the hard way. But, no, he's a guy that will always pump out the, the next uh, Major League Lacrosse game he's doing, and now all of a sudden we're going we're gonna, to uh, diminish the NBA and, what, and their prospects. Sit the play out. And I, I don't want to hear from you. If you have nothing to say, don't say it. All right? Uh, enough. Especially from this guy who always is talking about the things that we care about the least. Fair take. Yeah. I, I've done this tweet oftentimes like around like the Grammys because I'm so out of touch with real music. I'm like, should I know who this person is? Right. There's a difference. And then people yell at me. like, But like, so they, they just never work. The construction of this tweet never works. Because you always look bad. And Schwartz looks ridiculous here. He just does. Because for a guy who lives on Twitter and lives on social media and works here, I don't know how you could have gotten to yesterday without passing knowledge of Victor Wibanyama. <laughs> That's not the first time Woe just tweeted about him. He's been on the front page of ESPN.com since the weekend prepping for the draft lottery last night. He's been on NBA TV. He's been on ESPN in the afternoons. Like, it's just, it's not possible that Schwartz has missed. And his name is not Joe Johnson. You could have missed, like, his name even grabs your attention. I just, I don't get it. I just, Schwartz couldn't possibly have looked. There's no saving grace. There's no silver lining. There's no escape hatch. He looked ridiculous with this, with this tweet yesterday. I agree, you know, and I like Schwartz and I've defended Schwartz in the past, but this was a case where his ego got the best of him because he proudly doesn't like the NBA. He loves the NHL. He loves his niche sports like lacrosse and long snapping and whatever. So... <laughs> Like that's a sport. <laughs> I mean, God forbid somebody last week went, who's Connor Bedard? He would have had a he would have had a hissy fit. So he proudly, defiantly, I don't pay attention to the NBA, what have you. And in this case, as Mraz said, it came back to bite him. Because it's one thing to be like, I'm not into that sport. It doesn't have to be your favorite sport. But when you say almost like, I don't even know who this guy is because it's so unimportant, 
and yet you realize soon after your dopey tweet, it's really important to a <laughs> lot of people that you should be serving. That's the problem. And if he was just the Islanders beat reporter, it would be fine. Who cares if he knows who Wembenyama is if it, all he's doing is reporting on UBS Arena comings and goings. Or just going there for the free popcorn, but okay. But if you're going to work at this network, you're contractually obliged to take some interest in the biggest story in one of the biggest sports. And it wasn't even like, who was the, the number one pick in the NHL? I don't know who that is. This year will be Connor Bedard. That's the Connor Bedard yeah. that you just mentioned, right. right? So had we gotten to the NHL lottery, and I didn't know this, I didn't know it, honestly, but I certainly wouldn't have tweeted it like, why would I even care about this? <laughs> I mean, like, you know, you have to also read the room of what you're supposed to know and when you're supposed to know it. Right. And even, like, looking at a mock draft last night, once the order was set up, you get to pick six or seven, and there are names that played in college basketball that I'm unfamiliar with. The one name you needed to know about this draft <laughs> is Victor Webanyama, and Schwartz went, huh? Well, forget, huh? It wasn't like it was a pop I, quiz and he didn't know. It was proudly declaring, I don't even know who this guy is. Right. I, if he quotes This guy can't be that important. <laughs> That what was a the bum. Thing. If he quote tweets Woj and goes, I think Woj needs to calm down here. I bet you there's plenty of sports fans who've never even heard of the guy yet. Like, that's like a different kind of tweet. To pump your chest, I'd be like, I, I like he's the bearable sports. <laughs> I had to look up right. who he is. So he's the barometer. If he knows it, then it's good. If he New doesn't York know it, guy. Major League Lacrosse. New York Lizards of Major League Lacrosse. New York Lizards of Major League Lacrosse. Never heard of this guy. He played a Daniel Murphy minor league home run call <laughs> on WFAN. I was trying to forget about that. And he's scolding Woj for Web, Web and Yama gloating. Should be noted, we have a Twitch viewer named Brian Loves Chloe who asks, who the hell is Schwartz? Oh. So we're getting new viewers every day. Well, is that a who the hell is this guy to be talking about this? Or is it, oh, I don't it, know who this person is. I interpret it as, unless I'm wrong, because I haven't seen this handle a bunch, who is this person? So okay. it just shows you there is that new kid every day coming into the show. <laughs> Got to update him. DA, do, do you like Dairy Queen? <laughs> there you go. There, DA, there do you go. like gummy bears? So we, we've got audio of this coming up in Soundcheck next hour because I think Gelb took a blowtorch to Schwartz last night on this. Takia. <laughs> At the moment, though, we have headlines with Andrew Bogish. DA, the Joker, played it straight last night. Started the Western Ooh. Conference Finals with 8 points, 12 boards, and 5 assists in the first quarter. Nikola Jokic finishing with 34, 21, and 14. His sixth triple-double of this postseason. The 12th of his career. His Nuggets held off the Lakers, 132-126. But... Did L.A. find its Batman in the second half? Rui Hachimura guarded Jokic, letting Anthony Davis protect the rim, and it seemed to work for Darvin Ham. Have A is that big, long arm just ready to contest over the top of Rui. And so uh, it was good for us in some segments. And, you know, we were able to, after a tough first half, giving up 72 points, 
claw our way back into it. The Lakers were down 21 in the third, but got as close as three with three minutes left. Game two's in Denver tomorrow night, while the Celtics and Heat begin their East finale tonight in Boston. John Morant issued a statement last night shortly after Adam Silver told ESPN that he was shocked to see another video of Morant playing with another gun. Morant apologized to those he let down, acknowledging that words mean little right now, but he is still working to improve himself. And as we've been just discussing, Victor Webanyama is headed to San Antonio. The Spurs won last night's draft lottery so they can pick the best prospects since LeBron uh, next month. The Hornets and Blazers complete the top three. Then the Rockets and Pistons, those two on the Spurs, had equal odds for number one entering last night. Justin Verlander made his Mets home debut last night against the Rays. And the one who delivery is lifted way up into the air down the left field line to the corner. Gone of its fair to the pole. And fair ball. Home run for Isak Paredes. He's got a second of the night, and the Rays now lead 6-0. That's from Rays Radio. Isak Paredes taking Verlander deep twice. Verlander booed after allowing six runs on eight hits over five. I understand the fans are frustrated. Um, uh, We're frustrated, too. Everybody's frustrated. Um, We expect to be better. I expect to be better. I think this entire organization expects to be better. Uh, The Rays not getting booed. They won last night 8-5. I believe they have 320 wins here on May 17th. (laughs) Best team ever. (laughs) Nolan Arenado homered for a fifth consecutive game, but his Cardinals lost to the Brewers 3-2. The Phillies on a three-game skid after a 4-3 loss in San Francisco. The Rangers down the Braves 7-4, and the Tigers blanked the Pirates 4-zip. Remember that good start for Pittsburgh? They now have dropped 12 of 14. They've scored just 22 runs in those 14. Team games and Las Vegas Aces head coach Becky Hammond gets a two-game suspension for inappropriate remarks made to former player Dierica Hamby about Hamby's pregnancy. The team docked his 2025 first-round pick for offering Hamby impermissible benefits during contract talks. The Players Association says the penalties are insufficient partly because they hurt a future player who now cannot be picked in that 2025 first round. Uh, and now we're getting stunned, huh? Woo! It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. This was a popular submission, so thanks to all those that sent it over. Uh, Tell me you're drunk driving without telling me you're drunk driving. Uh, A man in the small town of Springfield, Colorado, was pulled over recently in suspicion of speeding. As the officer approached the car, he could see the driver moving around in the front seat, and then the man got out through the passenger door. He showed signs of being drunk immediately, ran from the cop when asked how many drinks he had had, and probably because he was drunk, the cop caught him within 20 yards. To escape this DUI charge, the man had switched spots with his dog, (laughs) putting the pooch in the driver's seat as if that... Would have been okay. <laughs> and that was his story that the dog was driving? <laughs> Blame Take Fido. Him yeah. Yeah. Take him away. He's got no license. Try to tell him. I said... <laughs> the dog likes tanking, too. It's a stupid dog. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right in jail. I told Bowser, your license has expired. 
Your paws don't reach the gas pedal. <laughs> and you got to try to win every game. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't listen to me, officer. He Your just fans was, are pissed. He was not listening to me. <laughs> I said that lack of thumbs was going to be a problem on the blinkers. <laughs> By the way, I think Bogish might be the laziest under a news group. As soon as I get to the bottom of the story, it says more to read. Baron Tree holds Michigan City in suspense for hours on Mother's Day. And Chonkasaurus, plump Chicago yeah. snapping turtle, captured on video. That's been all this week. That's, yeah, what are you just on the same web clicking what's yeah, next? This the Associated week? Press oddities page where I get 95% <laughs> of these things. <laughs> big animal week. It was a big animal week. So. Obviously, drinking and driving is not funny, not something to joke about. But in this case, thankfully, nobody is hurt. He gets 20 yards. He <laughs> runs 20 yards, and the cop catches him. I mean, that's brutal. That's really... I mean, if you're that inebriated, you probably can't run that quick. Are you trying so to say... Imagine, I need the dashboard cam on this, yeah. or I need the body cam. <laughs> or the cops a former corner, great closing speed. <laughs> and how many zigzags did it take him to go the 20 yards, you know? It might have been really like 70 total yards. And in a circle, right. on yeah. backwards. It, right. It's like when they, they, they geo-track Michael Vick running around <laughs> the field. And they're like, yeah, it was a 13-yard game, but he ran like 67 yards to get there. <laughs> I would love to see... Man, the the body cam on this just would have been amazing. Like, you see a guy <laughs> pull over on the side of the road, crawl into the passenger seat, push his dog into the driver's seat, <laughs> fall out of the passenger seat, and then run 20 yards, stumbling and drunk before he's tackled <laughs> by the cop. <laughs> and then say, it was the dog who was driving. Oh, it's horrible. <laughs> When we come back here on the show, speaking of bad doggies, Stetson Bennett. Okay, okay. It's next, DA, CBS Sports Radio. Please knock. Dan in Mechanicsburg is asleep in the Lazy Boy. The DA Show on CBS Sports Radio. All right. You can always tell your smart speaker to play CBS Sports Radio. Have us on around the house, around the office as you get ready for your day. Tell it to play CBS Sports Radio. Stetson Bennett, what a total chump. I mean, this guy could be my chump every single week. Stetson Bennett enrolled at Georgia in 2017. Now, he also transferred from Georgia to Jones College, and then went back to the Bulldogs in 2019. Then led Georgia to -to back-to-back national championships, 21 and 22. Meaning, Stetson Bennett spent six years in college. Six full years. And he never got a degree. He was a learning design and technology major, In the College of Education, he is not listed with Georgia's spring commencement program, was not pictured with Georgia football graduates, and when asked for comment, Georgia and Stetson Bennett aren't talking. Now, let me just talk on this for just a moment. A quarterback is supposed to be your leader in the huddle. He's supposed to be your leader in the locker room. He's supposed to be the guy that you follow 
He says, the play that's going to be run, follow me. I will make the right decisions. And the quarterback is oftentimes first one in, last one out. That's what's expected of the great ones. Stetson Bennett spent six years in college where, unlike, say, Van Wilder, where mom's paying for college and you don't really even have to take a full course load, with college athletics, you've got to stay eligible. So there has to be X number of courses you take every semester. And you have to stay eligible by passing X number of courses. Even if they're dopey courses, like Matt Liner took ballroom dancing or wine tasting or dodgeball, there's always classes you can take to just pass, but you got to take something and pass. He was in college for six years and didn't take enough courses to pass for a degree. He spent two extra years and didn't get a four-year degree. And then in the offseason before he was going to be drafted, decided to get liquored up, belligerent, yell in a foreign apartment complex, not his own. The cops had to be called, and he mouthed off to them and got thrown into the paddy wagon. And this, this is going to be my franchise QB. This is a quarterback. I said it before. I'll say it again. Wasted pick by the Rams. This guy should have never been drafted. He's a loser. He's a chump. He's immature. He's privileged. He's a total brat. And maybe, just maybe, this is part of the reason that the Georgia Bulldogs ever wanted to give him a starting job. That they had to ultimately do it because of injuries and ineffectiveness. And finally he was in there and actually he played well enough. But that they never really wanted him to be the starting quarterback. And maybe because behind the scenes they saw that he was a turd. Maybe behind the scenes they saw this guy is a privileged brat. We can't even get him to go to class. I mean, you're, you only got to keep your nose clean for four months after the football season before you get drafted. You can get as drunk as you want in your apartment. You, you can do whatever you want in the comfort of your own home. And then... If you do get in trouble, you're a celebrity, so all you got to do is kind of be nice, and you'll probably get out of it. And he gets that hammered. He starts screaming and banging on doors in an apartment complex, and the cops come, and he mouths off to them? This guy is one of the biggest turds ever, and they should have never drafted him. And look at this. Six years in college, couldn't, couldn't get a degree? And then this guy... This guy's basically Mraz with a Georgia Bulldogs football helmet on. <laughs> it is it. I can relate. I can absolutely relate. Because what happened to you? I went to a community college for three years, never got my degree. It was supposed to take me two years to get it. And then I went to college for a total of six years, and I only got my four-year degree after failing foreign language and then grading on a curve because everybody failed and having my sister and wife take my weather studies class to make sure I passed. <laughs> But you didn't have to stay eligible. It wasn't like anybody was like, hey, we got to make sure that you take these four classes this semester. That's true. But, I mean, there were academic eligibility problems. So, me and Stetson have a lot in common. <laughs> Falling up. Falling up. That's right. When we come back here on the show, we'll talk about last night's Game 1 win with Mike Borkanoff from The Athletic, NBA writer, next, DA, CBS Sports Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 